You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. I am here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we have a treat for you right now. Not only is this a Forbes 30 under 30, but he is the founder and CEO and I guess designer idea man of, of a new product called CrossNet. Now, Chris uh, Mead is a is, is the founder. Him and his uh, brother, I believe, uh, created this. And let's talk a little bit about what CrossNet is if you're not familiar. So if you've ever been to a summer camp or even recess at school, you've probably grabbed a ball, dashed towards the pavement with a big painted square divided into four parts. Yes, I am talking about four square. Now, as you grew up, you progressed into friendly games of maybe volleyball at the uh, at the old company picnic or on a beach. But what if you combine the two? Like, it seems like a no brainer, right? Well, somebody did just that. And it's actually three childhood friends. So two brothers and a friend, in fact, created a quick setup game of volleyball foursquare called CrossNet. Brilliant, right? Now, we have one of the creators here on the Brand Builders Podcast who is going to talk a little bit more about this brand that has absolutely exploded. If you want to follow somebody on LinkedIn that will challenge you, that will bring content to the table, but ultimately is somebody that has has walked the walk and talked the talk and has made it when it comes to a product, this is the product, the brand, the ideas. I have been wanting Chris to be on this podcast for so long, and I am honestly so pumped to have you here. Welcome, Chris, to this episode of the Brand Butters Podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate the intro. <laughs> that was big intro, man. Hey, man, he's, he's sit, on the list, bro. He's on here, the list. Sitting here wondering why the heck we didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> I think that every day I'm like, oh, damn, damn. <laughs> So tell us, how did you and your partners uh, get into this, and uh, where where did we all get started here? Yeah, so it's 2017. Um I was commuting to work every day in New York City, about an hour each way, taking the subway, making cold calls at Uber. I was like a sales executive over there, uh, helping launch Uber Eats, actually. So in hindsight, it's kind of cool. Like, I definitely laid the groundwork for Boston and uh, some in New York City and Rhode Island as well. So, like, I was one of the first people getting the restaurants onto the platform. Uh, cool job, making tons of money. But at the end of the day, nine hours a day, cold calling people and telling me, Go screw yourself, Chris. Like, I don't want to talk to you. Right. So, uh, no, no, got, no, no, uh, no. <laughs> can't, yeah. So, I came, uh, we came home for the summer break. Uh, my brother was home in Connecticut, uh, small farm town kids. And our childhood friend, Mike, had just graduated from Northeastern with an engineering degree, had no, uh, just really didn't want to get a full time job. And he said, yo, let's, let's brainstorm something and let's come up with something tonight. Uh, so, we all just sat on the couch, drawing up ideas, like, wrote down like 500 ideas. Most of them were just garbage. And four-way volleyball was written down at about like three in the morning. Uh, we assumed as soon as we'd Google it, somebody was already doing it. You know, Franklin Wilson, somebody's going to be manufacturing it. Not a single person. And we're so we looked at each other. We're like, why not us? So uh, we woke up the next day. We ran to Walmart, which was like 45 minutes down the road. Like, but we're like deep in the woods in Connecticut. And uh, we got two badminton nets, rigged them up on the side of my mom's shed in her garage, and. Uh, we texted all our friends. We're like, come over at one o'clock. Like we have something for you guys. And we just played for like five hours straight. It was so much fun. Wow. Hold on. So like you could, so you guys just decided one day, all right, we're coming up with a multi-million dollar idea in the next eight hours. And at 3 a.m. CrossNet was born. That is if, okay. If you're listening to this right now and you want to make it just, just 
bring your friends together. Say you have one night to come up with an idea and then implement it. That is unbelievable. Um, yeah. so, all right. So tell us the journey, man, because I've connected, I connected with you on LinkedIn back in the day, um, before really this had become mainstream. I mean, you're now in Walmart, Target uh, Academy, you're in Dick's 20 plus more retailers. You've grown CrossNet to eight figures in revenue. Like this is not something that happened overnight, but I want to hear about the journey. Um, how did you go from, Hey guys, come over. We have something cool and playing five hours to now turning this into the beast it is and, and something that people are going to either see on the beaches next summer if you go into these retail stores you're going to see it you know it, it's it's here to stay and and i'm excited yeah. to hear, learn about it it's been crazy dude yeah so we started we were i mean we literally pulled all the money out of our bank account we pulled our 401ks we pulled all of our cash and we literally we came up with the idea Thank God for us, like our, our founder, Mike, he is an engineer. So he has AutoCAD on his computer. He drafted up a blueprint. Uh, we sourced it out to China, uh, like on Alibaba. We found a few volleyball manufacturers, negotiated back and forth. And most of them, like when you're a 24 year old kid, the suppliers don't want to talk to you unless you have $100,000 for them. Mm-hmm. So it was very tough to find a supplier that was willing to take a risk on say $10,000, right? Like we have 10 grand, it's all we have to our name, take it or leave it. And we were able to find one supplier that was willing to like set up a relationship with us. We said, Hey, we promise we'll be back. It's going to be good. You just got to like get over the hump with us. So forked over all of our cash, got uh, about a hundred units sent into the country. We would literally just, we opened up the Shopify store. And then what we did that summer was we went to the beach every single day. And then that's actually what led us to, to move to Miami. So we had 365 days of beauty, like sun, sunshine. So we'd go to the beach every single day, record content of people playing, like we'd set it up. And by the end of the day, there'd be like 50 people in line. Like everyone would look at us at first, like what the hell are these kids doing? (laughs) And then everybody would come up and try to talk to us and try to play. So we'd usually sell the net that we used at the beach. We'd record content, go run paid ads on it at night on Facebook. And so we'd get fresh content every day from my cell phone or my camera. And, uh, then what really happened, right? Like you guys are, you said Charlotte, like mm-hmm. somebody would come from Miami beach, bring it back home to Charlotte. They would play. And then we would get residual sales from that Charlotte area when they went out and played. Cause they had that same effect that we did. So now there's a hundred thousand out in the world. Right? So it's just this snowball effect where it was like, if I get 50 people to come play with me in Miami. Imagine if all my customers are out playing, doing the same thing, they're doing that marketing for me. You know, it reminds me uh, exactly of the story of like Can Jam, right? So like Can Jam was something that created up north. I remember when the first time I saw it in the south, I was like, what the hell is that? I want to play that. And I remember when we bought yeah. one, it was one, we were one of the first ones that would bring this down into the Charlotte area. And we were sitting there at Panthers tailgates and we're playing this and it would create a crowd. They're like, what in the hell? And then if you got good at it. People are like, these dudes are throwing Frisbees like, like, and we're just smashing it. It's like, yep. it created this whole vibe and it organically grew. And like you, you followed kind of that same plan. That is brilliant. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, they laid the groundwork for us. Like cross that wouldn't be a thing without Kanjo. So yeah, tell me, did you create the rules around this game? Like how was all of that developed and are you still developing it or is it, this is what it is. This is the game. Yeah. No. So it is what it is now. It's certainly yep was definitely a lot of stepping stones to get there. So in short, right, the rules are game to 11, win by two. You have the four squares. The person in the fourth square, they serve the ball directly across the net to the person in the second square. From there, it's an absolute free-for-all. You have one hit to get it over. If the ball lands in your square, you are out. 
and you go to the back of the line or the first square. Uh, if the square gets empty, you rotate clockwise, everyone moves over, and the person who serves gets a point. So my biggest challenge as an owner is like, we have the rules, they're pretty concrete, they're, they're very easy to learn, but there's still a little bit of education that needs to be done, right? Like mm-hmm. when you first picked up a basketball, you don't remember, but you had to be educated on what you did. Like it wasn't, it, as much as it is common sense to throw the ball into the hoop, you had to, somebody had to tell you to put it in the hoop at the first place. So we have that education that needs to be done, uh, which keeps me up at night as like as the CMO. Like I need to constantly be trying to find ways to educate consumers because it's all great if you see a four-way net. It's another thing if you don't know how to play it properly. Mm-hmm. So right. that's that's the biggest challenge right now. So tell me when you guys you know moved to Miami, you're selling this net. It's now getting you know taken to another city. When did you guys go, okay, this is this is the time we need to be able to scale this. We need to start having conversations at a high level with retailers. We need to figure out what that next step is. Because I think the biggest thing that people can learn from your journey is that by taking an idea, that's not that's not all you need, right? You've got to continue to push it. You've got to continue to scale it. You've got to continue to invest. I want to know from the idea where when you're sitting on Miami Beach and you go, this is it. Mm-hmm. From there to here. Give us kind of a preview or a summary of what you guys had to do and what those steps were. So, hey, if there is somebody that's listening to this that has an idea or, or wants to go out there and, and branch out and start their own thing, like you can give them that inspiration and, and kind of yeah, a, an idea I, board. I can tell you, you got to be patient. You got to be super, super patient for us. Like we were making even hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, but it all just had to be reinvested back into the business. Cause if we did pull out the cash and go myself, buy myself a nice car or something that meant that cross net customer two months from now, wasn't going to have a net because I was driving around with their net money. So like we had to constantly reinvest in the business. We didn't pay ourselves for 18 months. Like we were hustling on Upwork, doing freelance jobs. Um, I mean, that's literally why I grew my LinkedIn network was to connect other entrepreneurs and help them build their Shopify store while I was running CrossNet. So we had set a goal in mind was we need to sell 10 a day. If we sell 10 a day, we will be able to almost be able to pay ourselves what we were used to making at our old jobs. Um, for the longest time, we hovered around three to five a day. I remember just getting one sale a day used to be so exciting. Like that's, that's the sale of the day right there. And now we're selling 500 in a day. It's like, what? This is crazy. But, <laughs> um, is crazy. Dude, that is nuts. But with that mindset though, it was like, just keep for us, we're, we're self-funded, right? We've, we've never taken a dollar from anybody own hundred percent of the business. It's reinvest, reinvest, reinvest. It's going to be worth it eventually. And it's much tougher to say that when you're 24 than when maybe you have perspective and you've been around the rabbit hole for a while when you're like 50. But for us, it was like, just reinvest. Uh, it's going to be worth it. And so we'd sell the hundred units. We'd rebuy 200 units. We'd sell 200, rebuy 500. And now we're buying 50,000 at a time. And it's just. It's same crazy. manufacturer. You still have yeah, that relationship. Yeah. We, yeah, awesome. we have, we have the same manufacturer and then we, uh, COVID kind of shot up demand by like 400%. So we had to go find new manufacturers right. to beat demand. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other story, but I never knew there was a, uh, like a cap. I didn't know that they could not. I didn't know. I, can't I just make assumed so like, many. I need 500,000 of those. You're like, bro, I can't. That's that's going to be a little too much. Yeah, we, we didn't know that was a, a real thing, right? So uh, it's just like fairy, fairyland over there. Great so, problem uh, to that's have. That's a good that's problem. A great problem to have. For sure. Uh, exactly. 100%. Um, and from a $10,000 investment in the first manufacturer, they're probably like, well, we'll give it a shot. And now they're like, we can't take on any more. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that, that was that was the exact conversation they had. It says, "Hey, we could keep making them, but you're not going to get them for months." And we're like, "Well, that doesn't really work. We're going to have to branch mm-hmm. out." And sorry. Yeah, well, that's man. Kudos to you to to as you mentioned to be younger and to have that perspective to say, "Dude, we got to reinvest." I mean, who cares about new car or whatever that can come later? Um, exactly. And and you get there right. Like that's. That's uh, that's very commendable, man, uh, because nine that. times out of ten, we see the opposite, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Tell, uh, yes. Yeah, so you, who was the first retailer when you guys got, because you guys settled, sold on, on Shopify, you guys were doing direct-to-consumer there. What uh, was the first retailer that gave you that opportunity? Tell us how that kind of snowballed into now. You're really in all of the big players. Like, you're in, yeah, in, in the big absolutely. boys across the country and really now across the globe. Yeah, and like, uh, so the first store was Shields. It's a Midwest store. They have like 36 locations, give or take. Um, I will tell you in hindsight, like as an entrepreneur, like my job in the beginning, and still is like I run the sales team and I run the marketing team. Everything kind of runs through me for that stuff. But I put our company in jeopardy by creating these relationships too soon. And what I mean by that was I I did get the retail relationship. The guy took a chance. Uh, It's a pretty cool story about how that happened. But when... When I reached out to him, it was just a cold email. I had added him on LinkedIn as well. I said, hey, dude, I have a great product for you. Uh, Please, please take it, right? He said, okay, fine. He sent me an order for 16 units. And like, now that's just, that's just an average order for a small store, right? But like, then it was everything. That's a couple thousand bucks. He ordered it. We fulfilled the order. Didn't hear back from him for like six months. I assumed that the product was just not moving. Like it was just, I was like, shit, I just ruined that relationship with Shields. Like, there's not enough demand for our product yet for it to leave the shelf. And I approached it too early. Fortunately for us, like our online marketing kicked up big time. And he sends me an email six months later, like, Chris, I don't know what the hell happened, but all every, all 16 units sold out last night. Uh, let me order nationally for all my stores. I was like, amazing. Wow. But had that, had our company actually not, kicked off and the marketing didn't like what happened was we had a viral video on Facebook go off millions and millions of views. And that was the start of like CrossNet's big retail success and getting into these stores. But in hindsight, we definitely went to retail too early and I get approached by entrepreneurs all the time. Oh, how do we get into the stores? Like if you're not moving the needle on your Shopify store enough, if there isn't enough traction, like you can really jeopardize yourself, especially with the margins at retail, like keep going D to C especially now post COVID, but well, we're not post COVID geez, but COVID era, like D to C all the way for the margins. That's brilliant advice. Um, and, and obviously you've learned from that and now it's con- continued. So what, tell me, here's another one. Everybody wants a viral video. What was the video? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so we sent, uh, we sent, uh, the, the cross net to the Latvian Olympic volleyball team. Um, they had reached out to us on Instagram and, uh, for us, right. The product's 20 pounds. So ship this thing, even domestically, it's like 20 bucks a unit. So to ship it over to Latvia, which I had to Google where it was, it's like a couple hundred bucks. I was like, damn. And then with international shipping, you never know if the product even gets there. Right. Uh, Cause it takes like three months to get there. Woke up. I remember rolling over in bed, checking my phone and my Facebook had like 9,000 alerts and some dude had post- posted the video it had like 4 million views, like 200,000 comments in 24 hours. And it was just like, what the hell is this four-way volleyball game? And it was all just going back to CrossNet website. Oh, wow. It was so God. sick. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. That's yeah. I, I'll send it over after that. I'll send out the clip of the video. But that's the video we then took. 
and we started running paid ads on it. And that was our top performing asset for the last like 18 months. That's incredible. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah. I don't so even know what to say after we, that. That's freaking sick. Yeah. We paid for um, shipping and, and then that was it. What, uh, what kind of supply chain issues are you seeing right now? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Well, fortunately right now there's not the, the most, yeah, we really stocked up heavily in, uh, like fall time for winter. So this is our third year in business and every year it's been, we're going to sell out and customers are going to be back ordered and we're going to have to stop taking orders on our website or tell people you order now, you're not going to get it for two months. We were sick of doing that. And so we had two options. It was either give Chris, Greg and Mike a nice big paycheck, which we feel like we deserve or order a shit ton of inventory and never be back ordered ever again. We took that option, of course. So um, we now have 50,000 units in the warehouse. We're stocked up for like the next six months, which is beautiful because uh, we start with Walmart and a thousand stores um, in the spring. So we need to make sure we have that inventory. Thank you. Um, That's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, but on the supply chain side, we definitely are seeing a, there's less, there's more demand for those containers. So we're having our other, like other SKUs, the smaller products to upsells. They are having trouble finding containers from China because so many people are trying to ship stuff out. Uh, so shipments have been delayed by a few weeks. It's not the end of the world because we have so much inventory, but I'm sure if I was an owner at another company, I'd be sweating it right now. Right. Well, we've seen tons of issues in our supply chain and, you know, it sounds like you hit the gas, but a lot of, a lot of companies pulled back on what they were yeah. spending. Right. So they're Absolutely. not investing. They didn't know what the heck this thing was going to do, where, where COVID would be, would we, or were we locked down forever? I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they were not able to produce for a couple of months and you pair those two things together. We've got exactly. major supply chain issues just with product. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, for us, like we we hit the gas because we 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 see our most cash flow in the summer, right? Like it's a summer product. We see tons of sales in in winter time, but we had ample cash flow for the summer, so that's when we put those POs in into the fall and just receives them all throughout the winter. Very good, nice. Yeah. So I want to jump in and and talk about a, an amazing accomplishment. You were you were named like Forbes thirty under thirty, um, which is unbelievable and, and something you should be super proud of. Tell me about that experience. How did you, how did you learn about that? And was it something that maybe caught you by surprise? Yeah, dude. Um, like growing up in our, our small town, like, I don't know about you guys, but we grew up in farm, farm, farm town, USA, like one stoplight, one restaurant that only sells chicken tenders, like the mall's an hour away, like movie theaters, 45 minutes away. Like not many people go to college. Most people stay in the same town, like growing up. So like for us, like, even go to college was cool, right? Like, but to like get Forbes 30 under 30, like that just doesn't happen like where we grew up. So I'm, I'm, we're damn proud of that. Like, it should be. Like, <laughs> like, even our first article in Forbes, like that was wild. Like, CrossNet's recognized in Forbes. But then, like, it, it's it, it's wild. I, I, I won't say like crazy, like press and media have come from it, but it's just like, it's, uh, there's no, besides selling your business, there's not many other ways like that that are cooler to be recognized. So, and didn't it's you dope. didn't you put a post out years ago saying that you would be a Forbes thirty? My brother did. My, my brother, brother posted did. that. Yeah, he, yeah, he posted that when he was like twenty one years old. He's like, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get this one day, and he, he still has the tweet up. Yeah, you need to frame that. I mean, that's <laughs> that is awesome. absolutely absolutely. Um, I could talk to you for for hours, man. It, it's so inspiring. I, I think our listeners will be inspired by what you've been able to do. 
Um, one thing that I do want to ask you is, is you know, organizations or, or companies that have been successful like this on one product, you know, you have to continue to develop you know, new, uh, something Absolutely. that's different. What, what's the vision, you know, in, in branching out into other products, are you going to start creating, and you might've already done this, so I apologize, but like cross net tournaments and like, what is the the vision of where you are now, where you, you're, you're now going to be a name brand. You're going to be the can jam, right? You're going to be, when people see that on a beach, now it's not going to be, Whoa, what is that? That's gonna be like, damn, that's what I saw at Walmart. Go get that shit. Like we need to go buy that. And so like, tell yeah. us about what the vision is. Like what's next? What can we expect from, uh, from cross? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the grass is always greener, right? Like I see all these, uh, CPG brands getting sold for crazy multiples. It's like, Oh shit. I wish I had that, that this matcha company I drink every day. It's like that company could go sell for like a 15 multiple. But like for us, it's how do we get the most out of CrossNet? Uh, so we have the indoor product. Uh, so you can bring CrossNet inside. It's definitely for the more diehards, right? Uh, we have the doubles net. So it's a, a longer version of CrossNet that makes it a team battle rather than a solo battle, Sweet. which is a lot of fun. Uh, and then we have the pool version as well. So four-way volleyball in the pool, that will be huge. And then on the, the tournament side, we had our first tournament last year, right before COVID. Had like 90 kids show up. One kid drove three hours to come play. So there's definitely the demand for it. Uh, I think it, at this point, like people just want to, get human interaction again so it's probably just for us to start organizing these tournaments in 21 and uh people want to wear gloves and hazmat suits like go ahead but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens there we got we got to just get them going and then uh the biggest thing right now on, on my team's plate is international expansion um volleyball is by no means a popular sport here in america compared to like other countries mm-hmm. so if we could go get cross net popping off in brazil and australia we just opened up a little dc in australia and in the united kingdom as well if we could start doing that and flip our i would say flip our facebook ads on like flip our ads on in amazon uh, like in australia and brazil why cannot we we could take the eight-figure business we have here and just start replicating it in other countries and using our same infrastructure I love that, man. The, the products are awesome. Y'all have got to go check out crossnetgame.com. I mean, the crossnet H2O looks freaking sweet, man. It's like dope. in the water. Like that's that's my that's my jam. I do want to uh, before we, we, we let you go here and, and I want to learn. Um, I know, like I said, I follow you on LinkedIn. I think everybody should. You, you developed an amazing content. Um, you challenge people to be better. You really educate people not only on, it's not like, look what I've done with CrossNet. It's really about, look what I've done, but look what I've learned about this. And then you try to like challenge people to be able to implement that into their own business. And it's such a unique approach that I just appreciate that type of content and I appreciate what you put out there. But I remember when you first found out that CrossNet was going to be on Wilson, like you were going to have a Wilson replica game ball and you talked about that. Tell me about the story. How did you get connected with Wilson? Because now every CrossNet that goes out is an official Wilson volleyball that has your branded colors with your logo on it. And that's cool as shit. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> and it, just like that, LinkedIn connection, right? Like I added a, a bunch of buyers at LinkedIn, a bunch of the senior marketers. And we reached out with a cold email, never thinking they're going to just write back some small farm town kids, right? And they're like, Yo, Wilson, uh, we have this four-way volleyball game. Not sure if you've ever like seen it before. And they wrote back, we fucking love CrossNet. Like, we'd absolutely, we'd absolutely love to do a partnership. What? And I was like, no way. So, uh, yeah, we, we they gave us an option of all these different balls. We're like, all right, this one fits our aesthetic. This one is like the most popular ball in circulation. Slap a logo on it. A few weeks later, they came back with a print up and we're like, 
yeah, uh, let, let's get it going. So Dude. that's crazy. It just adds a, a such a no, another level of like legitimacy with our brand, right? Like Absolutely. it's no longer that four-way volleyball product you saw on Facebook that may, may or may not ever get shipped to your house. It's like, no, this is uh, sold in Walmart, Target, Dick's, Wilson, the biggest players in the world are playing it. Like it doesn't get more legit than that. And it's, it's crazy. Where did, where did you develop and learn your business background? Or are you just uh, so learning as you go? <laughs> I'm learning as I go, bro. Yeah, I'm learning yeah. on LinkedIn by asking other people. But no, I went right. to uh, I went to school for film. Uh, I got out of college with like a hundred grand debt. It was awful. Uh, went to uh, a media buying company where I was like selling commercials, just for like a year. It was such a corporate job. Like I literally, I always remember I was walking around the office, went to the bathroom. I got an email from my boss saying, "Hey, Chris, the back left part of your shirt is untucked. Can you please tuck it back in?" Oh. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I quit that job and then uh, I got into uh, software sales uh, in New York City. And that was good. I was literally, literally actually from LinkedIn. Like my whole job was just to like talk to CMOs at like Fortune 500, like AIG, like big insurance companies. People who should not be talking to a 22 year old, right? Like they just have no, no, like I'm not educating you on marketing, right? but yeah, I got in the room. I got in the room a lot, which was dope, like crazy. And then I left there and I started working at Uber uh, where I kind of implemented a lot of my email LinkedIn strategy to the Uber headquarters, which they didn't actually have at the time. It was just cold calling. They didn't do much email marketing at all. So yeah. I've only been doing it for a few years, but I think I'm getting the job done. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're getting the job done. Congratulations, Forbes, 30 man. under 30, eight, you know, eight <laughs> figures. Eh, you know, I'm just getting it done. Um well, Very dude, this impressive. is so cool. Like, I, I, I love what you've been able to develop. Um, you know, kind of before we go, I always like to ask, you know, entrepreneurs and, and people like yourself who, um, and I don't ever want to say they've made it because I think with, with your mindset and any entrepreneur that's going to be successful, you've never made it. You can always be better. You can always improve. You can always grow. You can always change things. But what is your best advice for people that might be on the fence or might have that corporate job or have something that is not fulfilling in their life uh, to go out there and, and, uh, and, and, and be happy and achieve something and, and grow something that, that's yours? Yeah, uh, I always say just get started. Um, most of the time, if you have that that background, like for me, I had a college degree under my belt. I could have always go get that Uber job. I could quit today and I could go get that other job. It's going to be there. It might take me six months to, to get the job. Hopefully not. But like there will always be that safe, reliable job there for most people. If you have that background, just get started. You never know what you're like. You don't need to be anybody as long as a good idea is a good idea. Like I never thought any of this was going to happen, but keep working your ass off. You keep going and you need to keep going. There's going to be times where you're like, oh shit, should I quit? And you never know what's behind that next door. So you got to just keep going, keep going. And eventually it's going to pay off. And if not, then go back to that job, right? There you go. Love it. Yep. Great well, advice, Chris, man. I have been waiting for this interview and you did no not doubt. disappoint at all. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to get this out there and, you know, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for being a young entrepreneur in America that, that has created the American dream. And not only that, you're now employing a lot of people as well uh, that can, can, can learn from you and, and who knows? I mean, it's going to be exciting to see what CrossNet does. I'm sure there are going to be professional volleyball players all over the place that you're going to be getting tagged along with this product. Yep. Uh, I know that's on the horizon just from following you on LinkedIn. But yeah, everybody, you know, please like, share, comment, go check out CrossNet Game, um, follow Chris, uh, uh, meet on uh, LinkedIn. If you need to get that information, just shoot me an email and I'll definitely, you know, get you connected. But 
uh, thank you, man. Thank you for, for what you do. Thank you for being an inspiration to others. Like I, I don't really know what else to say. I just think it's an awesome story that is, is, is awesome right now, but it's just, it's just starting. Like I, I'm really excited to see where you go from that. So, uh, congratulations to you, your team and everybody on what you guys have created. I appreciate it guys. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Until next time you are listening to the brand builders podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.